You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome, everybody, to the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. So today's show, we're going to focus on the seven deadly sins, what they are, how they apply to today's world, and why we as Catholics consider them deadly sins. And of course, uh, God gives us graces to overcome all sins that we have. He's given us these seven heavenly virtues. We'll talk about how we can overcome these uh, seven deadly sins. So I thought it was fitting that uh, with the topic that we have today, that the Bible Coke uh, would encompass those seven deadly sins and talk about, a little bit about them. So I chose 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. And the quote goes, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for, love for the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust of it, but he who will he who does the will of the Father abides forever. Amen. I mm-hmm. actually that's a great quote uh, from the Bible, and again that comes from one John chapter two verses fifteen to seventeen. And I think in the in this chapter, uh, Saint John talks about the three basic types of sins. That's the lust of the flesh, and which encompasses gluttony, lust, and sloth. Uh, the lust of the eyes, which is greed and the pride of life, which is pride, envy, and, and um, anger. And I believe overcoming these should be one of our life's mission. You know, if we pray hard enough and fast uh, and use the seven heavenly virtues, which we will talk about today in the podcast, uh, we'll help be able to overcome these seven deadly sins. And to help me do that, um, I thought it was fitting that we have, you know, we were joking about this earlier, we have a saint and a sinner. I'll let the listeners decide who the saint they and the sinner. They can pick which one is the sinner and which one is the saint. saint right? so up in, to them. In the They'll podcast decide. today. <laughs> but we have, actually have a uh, reoccurring guest. Uh, he, he was on the podcast maybe about a year ago, and I want to thank him for coming on again. Uh, I have Father Pierre Conja. Thank you, Father. Thanks for having me. Good to be yeah. back. So he's the sinner and I'm the saint, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing, right? <laughs> I think we're both, both kind of a little bit of both, actually. Right. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of the saint and the sinner. Well, we try, right? Uh, I mean, this is the definition of a saint, a sinner who keeps trying. So I guess we're both. Amen. Keep on fighting. Right. So, uh, Father, you and I were actually talking about this a little earlier, about the seven deadly sins, and you, th- you told me you had a great testimonial about the seven deadly sins. you want to share that with our listeners? Yeah, and I think we'll get into it um, a little bit, that some of the details of the, the deadly sins, the capital sins, as they've kind of been come to call. But it's just, you know, they are, they're, you know, gluttony, lust, sloth, greed, pride, envy, anger, all these things that just, they, they're all, all encompassing of, of so many things. So for my own self, personally, like, like anger isn't something that I naturally struggle with. Like I don't, I don't usually like get road rage and like hold like oh, grudges for 30 years, right? Other people struggle with it and I have, I have my own, I'm more of a sins of the flesh kind of guy, uh, which I'm not proud of. It's just more of a, a reflection. You're of a man. I think, yeah. I think every man has that. Yeah. Scene. So yeah. yeah. Different, differing levels. So there's something called Exodus 90, which I was, uh, um, I remember I had some priest friends talk about it before and some other, my, you know, more Catholic brothers talk about it and challenge me on it. So I, I looked into it and actually went through the process, which is 2018, so where this is being recorded in December of 20, 
20. Right. Um, so it's been about a year and a half. No, was it 19? What year was it? 19. I did 19. I did the winter of 19. So okay. Easter of 19 is when I was like free from So about it. a year ago or yeah. more. Give or take, you know, whatever. All my, all my days are kind of confused here. But it, what it is, is like a, it's essentially a program that was started in, in, in seminaries, actually, but it applies to so many men. Obviously, women can go through it, but it's more of a right. like a challenging men to. to um, to, to go back to the world of asceticism, which which is when we talk about the deadly sins, it's not just like, well, these are the sins, be aware of them and just kind of, hey, bro, just stop doing it. It's it's more challenging than that. Right. These are ver- these are vices and to overcome vices is by overcoming them with with the virtue, which we'll, once again, we'll get into. So Exodus 90, some of them, there's, there's, there's three aspects of it. It's um, prayer, uh, asceticism, once again, like more of a God, the, the, the life of fasting and of, of, of a kind of, Denying the body, control over the body, bodily temptations, and then obviously the part of it is fraternity. So I'm going to focus on a little bit on the and the asceticism part of it, of the asceticism part of it, which is interesting, right? And I want to read through these this list on the Exodus 90 website of really what the challenge is for um, for the people who go through it, and it's and just gonna, it's it's kind of piercing. Just listen through it. So the desire for 90 days, you would do this. You would. This is a program. This right? is a program okay, that you can ahead. sign up for. Or you can like usually like time it so you end in like Christmas or Easter or something like that. So it's um, you take cold take cold showers, short cold showers. You every single day you 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 exercise. Every single night you get at least seven hours of sleep. For 90 days you abstain from alcohol. You abstain from sweets. You abstain from eating between meals. You abstain from soda, pop, soft drinks. You abstain from television, movies, and sports. You abstain from video games. You you abstain from any non-essential purchases. You only listen to godly type music. You only are on a computer for work or for school or for like requirements, paying bills, et cetera. Sure. And you only use your phone for, for essential communications. And then every Wednesday and Friday, you would have more of an intense fast, like abstaining from meat or something like that. So as I read through that, I'm just- it's really I, challenging. Yeah, actually. I was just reading through that before the podcast. And I was like, <laughs> yesterday I did about 80% of these, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> I had some cake, I had a glass of wine, I took a, like, a warm shower in the morning. and like, Which aren't, these aren't like negative, they're not negative things or sinful in themselves, but it gets to the reality that we live extremely comfortable lives. You know, I had always talk, every time I give talks to about, you know, especially let's say, for example, lust, it's literally easier for an individual to view pornography than it is to check your email. To check your email, they'll open up the browser and like go to the website and then type in your, your name and then your password and answer. Go to pornography, you open the browser and hit the website and then you're there. And it's like- Well, at least and, nowadays, it's, it's, it's easier nowadays. Yeah. We live in nowadays. We well, live yeah, in- the, Back in the days, it wasn't that easy. No, you yeah. have to like go to the shop, whatever. Right. But but so it's so ingrained in, in society, you know, I mean, just something as, as lust is a very tangible sin to kind of wrestle with. But just show us that we really, if there's this, there's, there's so much bombardment of sin in the world that we have to just pause and kind of kind of fight against it. So I went through Exodus 90 and I found ex- extreme freedom from it. Anybody who's considering going through it, just think about the freedom that you felt when maybe one maybe one Lent you went through, a very intense Lent, you know, 40 days of fasting, and then right before Easter, how, how close to God you felt and how how free you felt from your other temptations and desires. And imagine doing that like more than double, which is 90 days. So it's it's a really great program. I encourage everyone it, to look it into it. It sounds amazing. I think um, I think uh, just from what, what you're describing it, just fasting or abstaining from these certain desires that we 
normally do in our lives will help us and train us mentally and physically to abstain from certain other desires that exactly, exactly. turn us away from God, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, thank you for mentioning that. Uh, thank you for sharing your story with us. Uh, and, and listen, just myself personally, we're going to go through these seven deadly sins right now together. And I can tell you, like, I think... I've sinned these seven deadly sins multiple, multiple times. This is why today, like like before the podcast, maybe a couple hours ago, right? (laughs) Exactly. But but thankfully, we have people like you who have been given the grace of um, confession, right? Or have given that that I want. I like to use it as I like to use as power, right? We were talking about superheroes earlier, but I, I swear to you, I do believe that all priests and bishops and whatnot are superheroes, and God's given you this. Superpower. Yeah, Christ. Christ is the superhero. We are just his like little peons, right? We're Psychics. Just kinda, yeah, we, we're, we're like he's Batman. You're Robin. The Robins. Yeah, you're all the Robins. Right. <laughs> okay. So let's jump into the seven deadly sins. So the so what we'll do is um, for our listeners, we're going to go through each seven uh, each sin, and there's seven of them, um, and then we'll talk about each one how it applies to today's world. Because if we just tell you that what the sin is, like okay, how does that how does that apply to today's world? Let's talk about that, right? The first one is pride, and pride is an excess of love for self. Or the desire to be better or more important than others, right? And listen, and Father, you can you can attest to this, and mm-hmm. you know this obviously better than I do. But the the sin that made Lucifer the greatest angel in heaven that God created to be His best friend into the into Satan was pride. Pride, right? Yeah. When God said, "Hey, you're gonna bow in front of this woman." that I'm going to create, we're going to make her the queen of heaven. He said, wait a minute, me? I'm the best you got. I'm not going to do that. He said, I am God. Non-servam, right? He wouldn't he refuse to serve God. Yeah, and and, and pride pride is, is such a difficult um, sin to overcome, right? We're going to get into some of the overcoming this. We can kind of jump into to now is like humility, right? You would overcome pride with with humility, and it's the I mean the, the the apex example of humility is Christ on the cross, you know. And I realistically speaking, if if it was an actual picture of Jesus on the cross, he would have been much more mangled than most of the crucifixes that we see, and probably would have been naked. And there's nothing more humiliating as a human being than being naked, right? Obviously, before the fall of Adam and Eve, nakedness wasn't shameful; it was quite beautiful. We didn't know that sin, right? Yeah. But then now it's become very Shameful, right? In fact, right now I'm covered. I have my my clothes on. If I, if I wasn't, I would be extremely uncomfortable. Um, so there's just that humility and humiliation, which are rooted in the same word, that is, are necessary for to overcome the sin of pride. It just right. sneaks its way in there and everything. You could say like, well, like like you know, Sean, you're you're a great husband and a good father. You can you know, at the end of the day, like you know, I helped my my wife and you know with, with dinner tonight, and I I read my kids' bedtime story, and I like picked up the house and I went to work and I provided for my family. I'm, I'm a good father. Now, there's a good pride in that. Like you did your responsibilities, but just that creepy, that kind of just creeps in there, this sinful pride. Like, yeah, and I'm the better father than that guy. I'm a better husband than that schmuck. And we, it creeps its way in so much that all we kind of focus on, it's introspective desire to focus on ourselves. And it's it's a hard sin to overcome because it's just like oh I I uh, I was passed up for this promotion, good thank God for that like I'm glad that person got it and I didn't hey I'm humble nope there goes your yeah, yeah there goes Envy. pride right because right. you thought you were humble but you're not it's it's challenging no, it's crazy because um there's there's actually an awesome country song uh, there's a singer's name is Tim McGraw I don't know if you do you, do you, you listen to country music sometimes yeah so there's a song he has called humble and pride right. Um, and it's actually, it was actually a prayer that a lady used to do, 
and he actually, oh, I'm sorry, humble and kind. Kind. Humble and kind. I was Thank like, you. I was thinking, oh, yeah, no, no, humble, humble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he talks about that. He said, like, when you, when you achieve something, keep it to yourself. You know, be humble and kind. And I swear to you, it's crazy because I, I sing it to my boys. And I actually, the first song I sang to my son when he was born because I want him to have those values. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and like the, the lyrics in the song are so beautiful because they were actually meant to be a prayer. And he made it into a song. But uh, it's how you said it, that pride. And I feel a lot of times with men, because we're so, um, so used to you know, challenging others and trying to be the best, that a pride gets the best of us. Especially in today's society where we're taught to be the best. If you're not the best, you're not worth it. And part of that, part part of it is a, there should be a desire to be the best, right? Should we, we should have a desire to be like the best form of ourselves it can be, and to True. be holy, and to you know to be a better husband. We should be like, well, I don't want to be good husband or good father or good follower of Christ, so I'm going to not be better at this. No, no, no that's yeah. not. It's not. But but what what it comes into is when we think we're better than somebody else. When all that matters is like my desire for perfection or like my desire to be fit or my desire to be to, to gain money or to gain wealth or to gain recognition that's when it really kind of creeps its way in there it's like like what do i really really need a four hundred thousand dollar car no like but 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 it would make you look so cool right it do looks we, nice yeah the movie stars and all these things that kind of it really creeps its way in there especially with fame and stuff too well i mean it's crazy but that being said, so let's go on to lust. Lust is the next seven, uh, of, of the seven deadly sins. And now lust is a um, intense... Can, can, can we actually shift? Can yeah. we go to... So like there's a kind of a coupling that comes on with like pride, envy, and anger. Okay. And think you, of, want, you want to go to anger? Yes. Yeah, so think, okay. think about what happens in anger when, when somebody is angry. It's usually because they're personally offended. Often there's a righteous anger. Right. Like if somebody were to like, I don't know, like blaspheme the name of God... And like I don't like when people say GD in front of me. Yeah. And I say, hey, watch your mouth, even though I don't have the, the holy as a mouth sometimes, right? It's it's You're human. Yeah, I'm human. It's it's but it's the name of God. But then if somebody offends Dude, me, I use the Lord's name right? right? And then I'm like, hey, you can't make fun of me. I am so and so. We get like super offended. Right. I mean, obviously there's a level of protection in your reputation, but but maybe if you get cut off in the freeway or somebody calls out a flaw of yours, there's a humility that comes, but then you get angry because somebody wounded your 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 pride, they're connected there. So I actually have a um, story to talk about that. Uh, so I said earlier that I've committed every one of these sins, and specifically this one right here, the the story that comes to mind for me is years, and I'm talking maybe like 20 years ago. Wait, hold on, how old am I now? Yeah, about 20 years ago, okay, because I'm almost 40. Uh, I was at a party, and, and somebody insulted me, right? I won't even go into the details of how it happened, but someone insulted me in front of other people. You know how long, it, you know how many years I held that grudge? And when I would see that person, I wanted to just hurt them. And I didn't want to be, and it, it was one time, it happened, whatever, for whatever reason, this person insulted me and I never, ever let it go. And it ate me up. You know what, it, 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 became, it made me a slave to that person because I would constantly think about it every time I would see this person. Like, man, he insulted me, me? I'm like, who are you, me? He's going to insult me. Yeah. I thought I was like some big guy, you know? Um, and it's crazy because it's stupid. And now I think about it nowadays and I'm like, wait a minute. Jesus Christ was crucified. And on his cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Amen. Right? And who am I? And he's the son of said, God. He's got it on it. 
right? He's I'm the, only the son of Tom. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. He's a great guy. Yeah. But, what a great guy. Great. But <laughs> listen, and, and the Bible quote that came to me, it says, the, the Lord says, everyone who is angry with his brother shall be liable to judgment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to judge them, but, he, but God will judge me if I have anger in my heart, right? And it took me years and years and years to forgive that person. I, I never even told him, like, hey, man, I forgive you. I just saw one day, I'm like, hello. And I'm like, okay, God, I'll let it go this time. But it took years, and it's stupid. But it sits there, and it's residual. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and <laughs> I think I'm like a very practical example for our listeners here. It's something like, like road, 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 road rage. Yeah, I, road I know, rage. I know how to talk. Which I have so, said, too. Well, I see, I, that's the thing. Like, I, I literally, I have it for like four seconds. I'm more of a sanguine-type personality. So I have it for like three seconds, and someone cuts me off. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, eh, maybe he's in a rush. Pull over. Maybe Pull he, over. Maybe he needs yeah. to get to his job, yeah. or he's got an interview, or his dog a family is, emergency, family something. Emergency. I don't know the guys. I've had a speed before because I had a really big emergency. I don't know people's lives. Right. Um, and I just kind of pray for them and move on. But, but I mean, think about... Uh, I want to mention two things. Like one, think about people who who really hold grudges for decades. Now, as a priest, I do I do like family members, family members. So I, I do a decent amount of funerals, and I've always been a relative. It's it still scandalizes me to this day when people don't come to their siblings or parents or children's. I've seen it happen. They don't come to their children's funerals wow. because of an offense. And maybe I don't know. I don't get into details with these people, but. Maybe it's valid. Maybe they really offended them. Maybe they hurt the reputation. Maybe they stole money. Maybe there was a big fight and they crossed some lines. I don't know their lives. They know their lives. But it doesn't death bring it to perspective and say, okay, even at death, I'm going to hold this grudge. Like even after my death, even after their death. And that just, that's a sin to our own. It, 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 it enslaves our it's own It's a hearts. deadly sin. Yeah. It enslaves us to sin. Yeah, I said and, it, and right? It'll drag you. It'll drag you. It's a deadly sin because you'll literally lose eternal life because you're allowing yourself to attach yourself, to be attached to that. To, to that the world. Sin, to that, to the world. Like, like, like St. John said earlier, mm-hmm. we're of worldly things instead of godly things, right? So to um, continue to continue on with the sins, you said another one that couples with that one is, is envy. And yeah. envy is sadness or desire for the possessions and happiness or talents or abilities of other people. So to me personally, I think if you're just happy for other people, right? Right. And my wife actually made a good point earlier when we were talking about it. She said, she said, Sean, God blesses people in different ways. Why not instead of looking at how God blessed them, you think about how God has blessed you in your life, right? She said something about, and I'm going to butcher this. She said, okay, you have dishes to wash and you're complaining about that. You have food that you ate on those dishes. You have kids that are crying. You have children that other people cannot have children. So like everything has a blessing that you can, you can tie up to it instead of yeah. being envious of saying, oh, look, I only have two kids. This person has eight. I have a house that's uh, two or 3,000 square feet. This person has one that's 10,000 square feet. My man, you have a house. Yeah. Some people don't have one. Mm-hmm. You have a car. You have a job. Like be thankful for it. I'm always I'm always reflective of that when I uh, when if those of you who can't see me because this is a podcast I'm pretty bald when so like I have some friends I was telling Omar yes. some people can pull off the bald I can't yeah thank God right be thankful right. Of, like I don't have like a huge lump or something right but there's you know friends of mine who have like a oh, great head of hair I'm like look at you with your lion mane like I'm right. happy like, I can be I don't have to be envious like, I'm this is a, once again a dumb example but right. I can be sincerely happy for. For you, but think about what happens, right? In in the world, think about how think about how in the modern day, and obviously always in 
in the history of the world with the same sins. Nothing really changes. Um, how in the modern day, how much we can we can ideal like idolize like really not virtuous people. Think of someone like. Hollywood, like Hollywood, Tony Montana, like, like a, not a real person, like a fictional I mean, character. Yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Or the Godfather. Yeah, so so watch those movies and watch how much pride and anger and envy are and lust that and lust, right? For Avita. For yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it it it, wow. it just embodies these characters that that as men we're like, yeah, they're awesome. How awesome we is aspire it? to be like, like that. Like they're they lost everything and they eventually died and a lot probably lost eternal life because they were so it was I'm Tony Montana or I'm the Godfather, or I'm whomever and I just ruined that movie for me, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, we especially in our in our personal community, we, oh we my idolize this guy and it's like there's a posters on the wall of this guy. He is not a good not in this not in this personal space, Omar. You're, I'll say, you're, Omar, you, you have a your podcast recording session. No, it's not. Okay. It's good. But we idolize him. But yeah. but then you come to like a Catholic church, and what should be in the middle of Catholic church is the crucified Christ, and not a man of power who gained money, who had a house, who had a yeah, mountain nothing. of cocaine. It's he was stripped of everything. He humbled himself, even being born of a in human likeness, being born like a slave. Like that's the image that we should be following. Not these very vicious, vicious in the sense that they're not virtuous. They have vices. That's whom we just choose to follow, but they they don't end up like happy happy ever after. They end up miserable and killed and addicted and depressed, and it's not happy lives. The world we live in today, I believe, Father, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, it paints that picture where that is the way to live, right? And that's the lie that we're taught, and then it doesn't bring us happiness, and we blame the world for not it's right. Like and it's like what is that cycle. nature versus nurture type thing where we're we're trained to think that these are the things that will make you happy. And I think the devil uses these sins to say like, if you don't have these, then you won't be happy. So another one we when we're talking about Tony Montana, right? He was greedy, and that's one of the seven deadly sins: greed, right? And greed is the desire uh, for the love of possessions. Now it says, this sin is the sin to, uh, where a failure of genuine love for God and neighbor caused by uh, the preserved attachment to certain goods, right? Right. So, look, me personally, my, my mom, there's a Chaldean saying, so I'm going to say it in English, like, you know, where you eat with your eyes mm -hmm. and not with your mouth or stomach. With your stomach, My yeah. mom says I do that all the time. I'm like, ooh, I want a Cinnabon. Ooh, I want a chocolate. I want a this. <laughs> yeah. but I, I would fail that Exodus 90, 100, because of the sweets. Mm -hmm. I might try it, but... Um, and you know, my wife actually says that your stomach is a result of your eyes. And I'm like, okay, like your thanks, gut, babe. Right? Yeah. Like your gut. love handles. Right? Yeah. It happens. I think I'm good looking, but I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, that's my, what, that's my pride. I think I'm good looking. Right. But I think greed is, um, is that, and, and you know, because they're good, there could be like, once again, obviously everything, everything, every sin in the world is a, is a, is a, like a distortment of the, of the good. Of good things, right? right? It's good to have things. I mean, you're you're a husband and a father. I mean, just think about like the church, for example, right? Like we have a buildings which should be beautiful, right? But stained glass stained windows, stained glass windows, and there should be some stonework, and like the chalices should be some sort of artwork. It shouldn't just be four cardboard box walls and like a table that we made out of like a old ping pong. Table. It's, there should be a certain dignity that we have to worship the house in the house of God, correct? Right? But but if it becomes like these 
materialistic things that reflect a holy and good thing become the source of our prayer, then it's a problematic. Right. If like you have like a relative obligation as a husband and father to provide a comfortable-ish enough and safe home for your family, but if like your kids, I don't know, scratch the wall and you flip because you're like the wall was more important to me than like you actually being comfortable. So we become attached to these things. But it could be it could be very simple. I heard a story. I'm not sure how true it is. I say, I say it all the time. I hope it's a true story. That even Mother Teresa and these women live, their their sisters live like impoverished, impoverished lives. And they choose to do that. They can still be attached to the, their gowns, their their habits, of which they own two. Sure. Or their rosary, of which they own one. Like this physical, tangible piece of material I'm attached to. And it should be like, the world we live in or like the family or the food or the, 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 our domicile, our home. So there's a balance of it. And it's difficult to get to it because there's just a desire and it gets there. And, and then we, we see others, what they have, we want what they have and the next year things and more comfortable things. And it just, it's, it's just it's wanting a, more and more and more. Constant right? battle. Yeah. Never being satisfied with what you have. Amen. But again, we go back to the, like, listen, God has blessed you in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Be thankful for what you have and not for something else. But I, I think greed is a terrible sin. So yeah. we have how many more? We have lust, gluttony, and sloth, right? Yeah. So those go to those go together. Those are the sins of the eyes, right? St. John was saying sins of the eyes. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, uh, lust of the flesh. Sorry, lust of the flesh. So the first one is actual lust. And it's the intense desire usually for a sexual pleasure but also for money, power, fame. And we're, we're, t- we're talking about this earlier. You said a few things, and I want to reference them. You said it's so easy to um, get a hold of pornography, right? It's terrible. Which should be viewed as like this really like, heinous like thing in our lives. Like pornography, good golly, like, the, like viewing this really like beautiful God created sexual act and like using it as a means of our own pleasure. Like prostitution has never been looked at as a good thing. And pornography is, is literally prostitutions just taped or pictured or videoed. And then you get to view it. It's what pornography means. Well, I, I, you know, I think St. Uh, well, St. Pope John Paul said it perfectly. He said, pornography is not bad because of what it, because sh- it shows too much. It shows so little. Right. And you're like, what is he talking about? They're naked. Right. But it doesn't show you the beauty of that act. Or right. If you're in love and you're married, the connect- yeah. exactly what, what it's what it's meant for. Right. We're only using it for its surface level. Like you said, it's just for our physical pleasure. Um, but here, not even lust of uh, like for sexual acts, but lust for money. Uh, lust for power, power, lust for fame. Yep. When you when you make those things more important than what worshiping God or helping others, that's when it, it takes it takes over, mm-hmm. right? And people say like you cannot worship two gods. It's either you love God or you love money, or you love God or you love power. Some people think that they can do both. You can't. It overtakes you. I've seen it happen. Yeah, but sex, power, and money are the the, the kind of the trifecta. Sex, thing. drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, right. right. So drugs are part of it. Drugs are part of the desire for for a lust of pleasure more than anything. And I think that's a world we live in is is a world of of gratification of like kind of dopamine. And that's where we're on social media so much. And and I think we live in a world where where we look at these things so often. We talk about them so often. People are like yeah 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 I I I, I get it like no I, I don't think you do like like what if you just what if you didn't get likes on Instagram what if you oh what, what if, if you like wait a minute I only got twenty five likes I, have no I got idea. eighty on the other one or hundred and some if 
officially went to the another extreme of my life where I deleted the app. I don't. You I don't. You don't have Instagram. I, don't, I, I still have my account because I have some like pictures and stuff from my time overseas. Okay. But I mean, I don't. I don't. I just. It was just. It was just wasting my existence. And I. And oh, I, you're attached to it. Yeah, and it and, and it just it, it draws you in. And then I mean, you could just see these things, and it's important to put these things in check. You desire. So it's, it's an intense desire for sexual pleasure, for money, power, and fame. And they, they're just, they're just, they're just there. Think of politicians, right? There's a good amount of politicians who, in the heart of their hearts, if not all of them, really, in the heart of their hearts, they want to serve the common good. They want to serve the public and their fellow man. Then they get, but then they get a taste of, of power, even in a in a good way. They want to serve, but we have to put that at edge and say, okay, but my power is not going to be what controls me. My desire to serve, my love—like I'm a celibate—but like the average human, their love for their spouse, their sexual attraction to their spouse, should be a holy one, not a lustful one. You can lust over it's your hard. spouse, it's even hard. in the sexual yeah. act, you can lust over your wife or your or your husband. Would would that's that's a tough balance to get to, where like I'm physically pleasurable, where it's 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 unifying, it's open to life, but it's not lustful. We have to constantly fight against the world, be vigilant in a world that's constantly attacking us. Listen, um, you said it a minute ago, or you just said it right now, uh, lust for fame or power. And even if you get a little tiny taste of it, it overcomes. Um, listen, I'm not famous. Maybe like semi-local, maybe. I don't know. I'm maybe just, in this basement of three right, people. Okay? We all know but, you. <laughs> yeah, everyone here knows me, okay? But I'm telling you, like, so even at work, when people are like, oh, yeah, you're that trainer that did this. When I, when I used to be a trainer, like... In, I loved it. I'm like, yeah, everyone knows me. Or like, you're the guy that did this at church or in the community. You know, even though you started off doing that for, like you said, like a, a good, sometimes you're like, wow, I sort of like that. Like, everyone knows my name. Mm-hmm. And it gets to you. You're like, now I want everything I do, then everyone has to know who I am. Right. If they don't, how do I know who I am? Right? That's the that's that's temptation. It sucks. Mm-hmm. There was a priest in, se- priest in seminary. His name was Father Paul Burke. He has not passed. He was he was a professor and a teacher and a spiritual director in seminary where I where I went to seminary, Sacred Heart Seminary, for fifty years. Fifty years. Wow. So I mean, he there was I mean there was seldom a priest in the Archdiocese of Detroit in Southeast Michigan who didn't know this didn't guy. know this guy. wasn't trained by him or didn't like he wasn't their basketball coach because he was the basketball coach oh, in nice. seminary, right? And then at the end of his life, he was still in the seminary. He was still a spiritual director. He was still teaching philosophy class here and there. Um, and a new professor came. He was just sitting in the in the cafeteria, like having a cup of coffee, reading the paper. A new professor was like, "So, Father, what do you do around here?" He's like, "Not much, not much, right?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like that was it. And the the new professor had no idea who this guy was. Yeah. And that teach that priest that that man of God who was an example for all of us showed forth the reality that he was really important for a long time. And there's literally like a memorial of him in the seminary. But he didn't say like, you don't know who I am. But now he's You're- passed and like his memory is still there. Like, like, like all these names that we sort of have that are kind of important. Like, and we live in Detroit, like M1 is Woodward Avenue. Who was this guy named Woodward? If you Wikipedia him, maybe you'll know. Maybe I'll know. Yeah. I don't actually know. It doesn't. Who is John C. Cooley Lodge? Somebody who's really important that John I should probably Lodge, know. Yeah. yeah, like John Cooley Lodge. I should. I should probably know who he actually is, but right. I don't really know. So his fame and popularity were there, but then they're gone. Yeah. And that power was there, but then it's gone. And then the president 
loses his terms or his time ends. Well, or not yet. You, or least. you die, yeah. right? Eternal life is important. Like that's what needs to be like. It, it, all these things are important. Power is a, a gift from God to have that authority. You have power over your spouse and over your family in a holy way. But when you abuse it or you there's over you overly desire it, that's when the issue creeps in. And it's so subtle. The dove, the devil is a serpent. He's a lion waiting for someone to devour. So he's just always there. And lust is, I'm telling you, it's one, I, to me personally, I think it's one of the most powerful seven deadly of, of the seven deadly sins. So going on with that, um, gluttony. Yeah. Gluttony, consumption, usually a food or drink. Thanksgiving was about three days ago, so right. no, <clears throat> no comments about my gluttony. Right? Listen, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, <laughs> I love to eat, and again, look at my body. I used to be about a buck seventy mm-hmm. when I got married. I was at a buck eighty-five. Now I'm almost like two ten, two fifteen. Right. Again, it's because it's I bad love- trajectory. How long have you married for? About seven, eight years? No, hell no. About maybe um, <laughs> four or five years. Five okay, years. Okay, so yeah. you gain twenty pounds every five, five years, and the next right. twenty years. <laughs> Let's hope. I got to go buy an elliptical. Um, right, but so but. It, it could be a consumption of either food or drink, or it could be tobacco. It could yeah. be drugs. It could be uh, medicine. Be you entertainment. Know? It could be entertainment. It could be Netflix. It can be a lot of things. It just, I think it's overdoing the same thing where it's not necessary. Right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And and to 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 overdo them is such an easy thing to do because we live in a country, in a world really, not just a country of 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 overabundance. Uh, it's 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 all of us can go out and afford to buy a box of Snickers and eat all of them, right? But it's a good idea. It's man. a really good or, idea. Or a six pack of Cinnabons. Yeah. What's with you with Cinnabons? I love. Them. <laughs> I, I have. I have them at, I just ate one today. It's coming to my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. You know, all those are healthy uh, vegetables. Cinnabons oh yeah, are really good for you. Um, because because and I think they, in my personal opinion here, it gets at the core of and the core of it is a desire for pleasure. Yeah. Right. And and that's the issue. That's what that's where. How we am I going to be satisfied? Satisfied. Now, how am I going to be like like? And we we desire it so much. So it could be anything. That's why it's that's why it's so. That's why these are capital sins or deadly sins because they're very big for for me as an individual. I can more pick me personally. I, I enjoy watching sports. So if I watch a four hour like football game and have like a couple beers with it and some pizza, I'm entering into a pleasurable experiment experience with pleasurable food and drink. And like, I enjoy that. Then I go pray the rosary. I'm like, ah, 17 minutes of prayer. Like I should desire to reflect on the mysteries of Christ through this most holy rosary. And then maybe on a little bit on the side because I'm human, indulge in some worldly pleasures. But naturally it's vice versa. Naturally I desire the worldly pleasures and I have to like, pummel my body in order to pray a little bit, to pray my holy hour, to pray the rosary. You know, I, I think it said, you just said, and I, and I thought about it. I said, I'm thinking to myself, um, I don't think we as humans know what is to come. We've heard about it. We read about it. We, you know, we pray about it. Like, okay, there's going to be a heaven or there's a hell. There's a purgatory, right? We talk about that all the time, but I don't think we've really thought about the actions I do on this world, which is a blink of an eye. So someone had, I read this before, someone described eternity this way. Um, take, for example, all the grain of sand in all the oceans. Mm-hmm. And if every million years an eagle comes and picks up one grain of sand and mm-hmm. flies away, that's eternity. It's James Joyce in case anyone's curious. Is, is it James yeah. Joyce? Okay, awesome. I'm pretty sure it's James Joyce. Yeah. yeah. So, but, and then you think to yourself, so... 
my hundred, hopefully eighty-five. I'll take eighty-five. Yeah. If okay. you gain twenty pounds every five years, right. maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe 80, seventy-five. <laughs> uh, here on this earth is nothing, right. nothing compared to eternity. Now, where am I? You said it. Am, am I am I spending this time here, praying and and building my home, my 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 foundation in heaven, or am I just indulging in the worldly pleasures that it gives me? And then saying, I was like, nah. When I get to when I'm when I get older, I'll ask God to forgive me, and then it'll, it'll be okay. Which he will. But I don't even know if I'm gonna make it that far. Yeah, like a thief in the night, the devil comes. Right. Right. That's one of the reflections of the of Saint Ignatius's uh, spiritual exercises is like to reflect on your dead, decaying body. Right. Like imagine just like take an hour of an maybe during Lent or during if you do Exodus ninety for our listeners. And take an hour and just reflect on like worms eating your dead, decaying body of your nameplate on your gravestone 200 years from now being just covered in grass and just like or removed for a different body or, or just like removed and like thrown in the garbage because you you matter to God and you matter to the earth like your wife and children would be devastated if you died tomorrow or today. But in the grand scheme of things, God really knows you. And God, like, like 800 years ago, some random dude died in some random thing. And for them, it was a tragedy. 800 years later, all that matters is their eternal life. Yeah, and if that's all, what matters. If all we focus on is like, well, tonight I want to have that drink. Well, tonight I want to get laid. Well, tonight I want to have more power and more money and more importance. And who's that person? I want to hold that grudge because it makes me feel good when I get vengeance on that grudge, that pride and that anger. It's like... That's not going to bring you happiness. It'll bring you momentarily pr- pleasure. It will. For sure it will. But then what? No, you're 100% right. So, but I want to I wanna clarify something for our, our listeners. So if someone's listening to this and thinking to themselves, so wait, I should never go above and beyond and try to do my best at work or be successful. No, you could still be, you could still be successful. You could still work hard and get promoted and buy, you know, whatever, get business and build whatever empire you want to build. But it's when it takes you over and now you're neglecting what is truly important. Family, religion, God, you know, these kind of things is when these sins kick in. Absolutely. Father? For everything, for education, for, um, Everything is a balance. Everything is a virtue, which a virtue literally means balance here. So, I mean, if you, just like, for example, like fitness, right? Sean and I are both, neither of us are both relatively fit. But if you were fit, okay. yeah, if we were like, if I was like a triathlon, like, like right. the guy and I was like ripped, right? And it was like really important for me to be physically fit. That's a, that's a virtue. It's good. To be fit and to it's be good. healthy. But it becomes like when I'm like, I'm going to wear the tightest shirt possible so everyone sees my eight pack. It's like, all right. All right. Or I'm going to miss... <laughs> Sunday mass because I have to hit the gym to get my schedule right. right? So the gym becomes your god. Yeah. Or you neglect your family so that you can get that rep in. Or it's like like that's when it really becomes that that balance that we're trying to seek here. So the opposite of that, right? Trying to push yourself is sloth. Mm -hmm. And that's our last seven deadly sin. Now, uh, sloth is just basically in a nutshell, it's being lazy. Right. It could be lazy physically. It could be lazy in your spirituality. We were just talking about that. Uh, And me personally, I think this in today's society, our our world has taught people to want something for nothing. Right. I see it. I see it in a lot of our youth today. I'm not saying we're not. We're not uh, them Utes. Yeah, right. right? The Utes. What's a Ute? Right. What is a Ute? So uh, that was a reference from a movie. If anyone was wondering, my cousin Vinny. So. But I think the, in the world we live in today, they want everything handed to them, right? And um, the get rich quick 
get rich quick schemes. They they or take someone this pill. You own me this. I don't yeah. owe you anything. Mm-hmm. You work for it. You have to earn it. I think I think that that drive in people is lost nowadays because they're so. Like you said we live in a comfortable world. Instant gratification. I want something. It's on my phone. Boom. I I know the answer to it right away. There is no more like waiting or searching for it or working for it. It's there, right there, in my hand, in my or pocket. Or not getting it. Right. Which is life. Exactly. And some people don't know how to handle that because all their lives they've been given to them. But how about even going to the spiritual aspect of it, being lazy in your spirituality, saying, you know what, um, I don't want to get involved in this. It's not really my place. It's not my business. I don't need to tell this person about this. What, they, what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Spiritual laziness. And Bishop Fulton Sheen always talked about that. Like your, your neglect of doing this is becomes a sin upon you. Yeah. Right. Fulton Sheen was a rock star. Oh, but, I love Fulton yeah. Sheen. But imagine, I mean, and think about once again, the, the, some of the practicalities of, you know, the COVID pandemic world that we live in. A lot of, a lot of people, and I was, we're trying to, we have to track these things, as, especially as Christians in the church to kind of respond to them. So what happened was that people was like, the pandemic kind of started, especially shutdowns, like right in the middle of Lent. So we kind of missed Easter, not kind of, we missed. Yeah. We missed celebrating Easter in a traditional fashion. Traditional Obviously, fashion. we still celebrated right. the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. But, so people were, Lent, people typically go to Mass more often, all these things, they pray more. And then, so like, really when the we started live streaming these masses, I mean, Easter masses, you know, Good Friday services, we're getting 1,000, 1,500 views for each church. And like, or one was one person watching five of them? Probably, right? They were just like on a Good Friday watching all these homilies. Praise God for that. And then- Take it. And then now where it's, it's December, I mean, we just finished November, new shutdowns. The church has not been affected by the shutdowns, thank God. Thankfully. But, but views are now like, 50, really? 70 people were like, yeah, I was watching the masses when the pandemic started. And then the summer came and I watched it like once a month and I kind of stopped watching it. And then I kind of stopped praying. And you know what? Are churches open? Yeah. Churches have been back open since June, June, July, August, September, October, November. Like, wow. I'm like, really? We just lose it. And that's, it's really sloth that we come to become kind of lazy in our spiritual life. When you just like, like how do I grow in holiness? Like pray, like pray holy hour, pray your rosary. Like, well, I don't feel it. I don't care. Get out of bed and I get after that spiritual it. dryness. Yeah. And I, I'm telling Good. you, but, but once you have that, it's hard to get back. And I will tell my wife, um, somebody posted, Hey, you know, today is December 1st. If we read a chapter of Luke yep. every single day on, on, on uh, Christmas Eve, you'll read the whole, the whole uh, books, uh, the book of, of Luke. Yeah. Wow, what a great idea. Maybe let's do it. We did it the year before. I'm like, I totally forgot about it. I'm like, let's do it again. Do it again. And then there's that St. Andrew um, novena. 15 times each day, you'll, you'll say the St. Andrew novena. But see, what's great about this, like how you were saying, you take time out of your day. You, you're busy. Listen, I work from this time to this time. I take care of my kids. I do this. Why don't I have something set aside for my Lord too to strengthen me that way? And I'm telling you, once you get that spiritual dryness sometimes, it's so hard to get back. Look, you're saying, okay, you can just get up and watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing it? I, I, I'm, 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 listen, I failed. Yeah. I've done it many times, right? It's Sunday. You're like, oh, it's Sunday. The Lord rested on Sunday. Maybe I should too. <laughs> yeah. No, champ. You should get up and go to, go to mass or watch it on, you know, if you can't, because of something, because of COVID, COVID or whatever, or whatever your children, yeah. whatever it may be. You have, we have the technology. God has given us this, this technology to do this. Why aren't you still doing? You said our our views went down to like 50, 60. That's they're terrible. Still, they're very low. Terrible. 
but it's a but it's a reflection of a reality that we're not gonna, you know, I mean, I mean long distance relationships in a human level don't really last, right? No, and they're, they're, it's well, hard. Some of those things, like, well, me and my husband, like, bless your hearts, but the majority of people, like, it's hard. It's it's very there needs to be more of a like an actual practicality to it. So think about like with the church obliges us. I'm using air quotes in the word obligation. Like there's a Sunday obligation. There's an there's to go to mass on Sundays. There's an Easter obligation to go to receive the Eucharist, to go to confession. Even something like like a tithe. The tithe is where you give 10% of your time, talent, sure. and treasure, right? You like of you give your of your money. So when you have to give and and when whatever, money and church are complicated, but whatever. When you have to when you're when you're obliged by God to give 10% of your money to God that's a lot of money. And when people really, I like, I'm not, I'm not a subtle person. I'm going to give you the gospel. So I talked to somebody who's like, so father, if I make a million dollars a year, you're expecting me to give a hundred thousand dollars to God. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like I give 4,000 cause I make about 40 give or take. They're like, <laughs> what do you mean? It's like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't need that much money, but like, yeah, that's the requirement of God. So when you do that, what it does is it forces you to to take that envy and the, and that greed that you're naturally inclined to do and say, I'm forced to live a simpler life. When I'm forced to humbles go to, you, yeah. When I'm forced to go to mass on Sunday because mass by its very nature will humble you because you're not God. Mm-hmm. You go there to worship God, not worship yourself. When you're forced to go to Mass on Sunday, it gets you that you're forced to take that sloth out of your life, to hopefully not lust over things because you want your your heart to be pure as you go to receive the Eucharist. You're humbled because you're you're there reflecting on the crucifixion and the death and the resurrection of Jesus, who is God who humbled himself, and we're called to reflect that. So there's a beauty in the in the wisdom of the church to guide us in these things. That's beautifully said. Um, so going what we were talking about with the church and what and how it guides you and why certain things are a certain way. I wanted you mentioned this before, but why do we as Catholics consider these specific sins as these seven deadly sins? Like what is why are these specific ones deadly sins? Yeah, because they just they kill the soul. And they 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 have the ability when when your soul is attached to one wonder, usually more of these sins. It has the ability to to cut off sanctifying grace and to wound our hearts and to wound our souls to the point of death and eternal death, which is what what hell is, right? And they encourage other sins, right? Right? And they just it's all encompassing, right? They yeah. just they, they, every sin we can think of can be put into these seven categories. And when we know what they are, we know what we're fighting against. We can say, why am I so envious of that person's ability? Like me, I. I those of you who are listening at home, I speak fast and I mumble sometimes. Like if I look at a Fulton Sheen and say, I wish that I had his speaking abilities, or I can say, I'm so thankful to God that he has those speaking abilities so to, as to bring people to closer to God. Why does it have to, to be a negative? Me. Yeah. Right? To be an example for me of, of holiness and of, of priesthood. Well, listen, thankfully, like I said earlier in the podcast, that God wouldn't leave us high and dry. Mm. You know, he helps us. He gives us the resources. He gives us the tools. He gives us the blessings, the graces to overcome these things. He's not just going to throw us to the wolves and say, good luck. I'll see you in about 80 years, whatever. You're going to make it or you're not, right? Good luck. So he gives us the seven heavenly virtues. And so, Father, you and I are going to talk about these seven heavenly virtues Um, really quick. We're going to talk about each one, how it relates to each sin, right? So chastity. Chastity helps you overcome. The sin of lust, lust, right? Right, and the Catholic Bible actually tells us that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. The virtue of chastity can help us calm our lust and desire for these spirit or these sexual acts and restrain us from our wandering eye. Me personally, ready? You talk about Exodus ninety, mm-hmm. fast fasting from this sin right. will help you overcome it. 
Amen. And it's and the, what's what's really important about the virtues is that, um, or the, these specific virtues, is that the temptation of, especially as men, but in general as people, is like, I don't want to be angry. I'm gonna just try to stop being angry. Okay, have fun trying. Right? There needs to you need to combat the sin. So it's not just I'm gonna just I'm, like you know tangible example. I'm gonna stop eating unhealthy. It's like, no, I'm going to start eating healthy. So I'm not gonna just stop eating cheeseburgers and fries. I'm going to start eating vegetables and fish. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be very little by little, little by little. Whatever. Yeah. Everything is balanced and virtue. But so therefore, this this desire against something as tangible as as lust, we should be. I, I want to be a chaste person. I want to have not just a control, like a white knuckle control over like pornography, but I, I really want to view the opposite sex, my own spirituality, my own sexuality, in a holy way. That I mean, obviously, we're going to fight that to our last breath, but that should be the desire. That's the kind of the focus of all of these virtues. So you know, um, being a father myself to a daughter, my daughter's actually two and a half months now. You know, when I look at her and how pure and beautiful she is, and I'm not going to say that I'm never going to lust again over another woman, but it made me think when she was born and I saw her and I'm like, man, one day if another guy looks at her the way I <laughs> used to look at her, like, I'm going to kill him, right. right? And it's crazy because you think to yourself, man, so I was that idiot for some other guy's fa- uh, daughter. Right. And it's like, why? But it's our human nature. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. But we fall into that. It's our fallen nature. Right. right? It's our fallen, ungodly nature that we have to fight against and combat. So another one, uh, another uh, virtue we can use is generosity helps overcome greed. Mm -hmm. And material objects can block our vision of Christ who told us to to give to the poor. Like, right? So here, I tell you guys this. So you want to get over um, greed? Go and volunteer your time. You don't got to volunteer your money all the time. Volunteer your time. Uh, go and volunteer in a soup kitchen. Go and help teach people about something that you know. Like whatever it is, giving up of your time, it helps you instead of being always wanting, wanting, wanting. You're giving up of yourself. Right, and and it, this could be this could be once again it's very very practical. I know somebody who, excuse me, every Lent they make it a they're very they have to obviously you have to be honest with yourself and with God. God sees your soul, so they don't. They don't shop during Lent. Obviously, they go grocery shopping and feed their families. Right, but right. They don't buy new shoes or new, but they'll go shopping. And Essential things. No, they will go shop. They will go to the mall. Oh. And like, this is a cool sweater. I really want it. How much is it? 50 bucks. And they'll mark down 50 bucks and they won't buy it. And then, like, they'll go. So it's kind of window shopping. But by the end of Lent, they will have said, okay, I would have spent. Seven hundred dollars, whatever. In this past, you know, seven. I was weeks. gonna say two grand, but yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't really shop that often. Right, so I right, live in a different right. whatever, okay. whatever. And they they give that money to the poor. Amazing. And they call me every Lent. Hey, Father Pierre, you know, this is my money. Like, where should I go? All right, you know, give it to the parish or to the poor. And like, they're very intentional because they know that they struggle with these the sin of, of greed or whatnot. It's actually so, a great idea. So they're very practical with, with their generosity. I've even had like, like I've, I've I've challenged people. We live in obviously a cashless ish world, but I'd, I'll tell people straight up like like when you every once in a while when there's like something to give to something to the poor to like a really important cause, just empty your wallet. Take every dollar that's in your wallet and then empty it into like this cause, and just like it's that's a really emptying thing to do. Or at the end of the year, say you know what we can, we can afford to go on vacation this year. But we're gonna go on like up north instead of to Cancun. Cancun. So instead of spending five grand, we're gonna spend two, and that extra three, 
we get to give to God and give to the poor. And, and it should hurt a little bit because it should draw ourselves out of ourselves, especially financially with, with greed and the, the respective virtue, which is generosity. It reminded me of this time when, um, I, I don't know who we were doing this with, but they're like, we're going to buy a gift for the poor and then we'll buy the gift for, you know, for like ourselves, like, like Secret Santa. What's the what's the limit for the Secret Santa? It's uh, fifty dollars. Okay, what's the limit for the peop- for the for the present for the poor? I don't know, was it like ten, twenty. Why? Yeah, why? Why isn't it fifty? Right? Mm-hmm. Are we more important? Like, yeah, you know, but it's part of, like, I know, but that, that defeats the purpose of what we were trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I thought about that when it's you were talking. It's a good challenge, a good call out. Yeah. No, it, it is. Um, so um, again, I'm not that good of a person. No, no, but no, no. we're not. We're not yeah. coming from a space like we're the holy saints. Do you know in this who podcast. I am? Right, right. Listen, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see that's that? not what we're that? saying. We're saying the, bridge, the wisdom of the saints and of the church is no. That's, that's what we're preaching on here. Yeah. No. So temperance overcomes gluttony, yeah, right? Yeah. We just talked about that. How we can get over that? I just uh, you said you said just fast and you know give up a little bit, eat healthier. Uh, kindness overcomes. But once again practicality to this so like i would say like you know there are people who every wednesday or every friday give up meat you know that's very good or every every tuesday give up sugar every saturday like like give up like give up your bed like i give up your bed during lent i always challenge people on that really like very specifically i sit on the floor do you mean yeah yeah you know give up really tangible things to help overcome these these sins kindness overcomes envy mm-hmm. right um envy will cause us to to, to riff in our in our relationship with God and others, and again we talked about this earlier. We're all blessed in different ways, and we should thank God for those blessings as opposed to um, wanting something that does not belong to us, right? Or that wasn't given to us. So uh, meekness overcomes the sin of anger, right? Right. Uh, one thing I brought brought up uh, now is the election, right? There's people on both sides. Democrats and Republicans, and they hate each other. Like, what's going on, man? Not that deep. It's it's four years, eight years. These are other human beings who all desire the same thing, the good of the country. Right. So we're all normal people. And listen, uh, Jesus said it, blessed are the meek, for they should inherit the world. Um, So uh, diligence, right, overcomes the the sin of sloth. Right. Get get, Get out of bed. (laughs) <laughs> right, get the work done. Right, yeah. And, and listen, I think about it this way: when I get out of bed every morning and I go to work or do what I got to do, I don't do it just for myself. I do it for my family, right. to support them, to help them out, and that's my drive. But a lot of times nowadays, there is no more drive like that. And a lot of people uh, have it. It's there, but it's that. It's a. It's not as strong. Right. Um, the last one is humility overcomes pride. Well, humility overcomes everything, right? Because it's a reflection of Jesus to to, to lower ourselves. To realize that without God we're nothing. Without those around us we're nothing, and and to fight against that sin of pride is essential. So look to the cross. Have a really bloody crucifix in your bedroom and say, "That's God incarnate, and that's that's whom I'm called to reflect. Christ crucified." It's very beautiful. So put ourselves in the cross. Listen, remember this: God humbles the proud and exalts the humble. Amen. Right? Constantly. He did it. Constantly in the gospel. He did it. Yeah. And we were talking about it earlier with, with Lucifer. He was so proud and so powerful at one point. And then St. Michael was what archangel. And then he, because he loved God so much, he exalted him and he defeated Satan and the angels, right? Mm-hmm. And, or the, 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 the rebel was, angels. The rebel angels. Yeah. And that's in our lives today. But those are the seven virtues I want you guys to think about and pray about um, so that you can. Obviously, overcome this heavenly sins. Father, you want to leave us with a um, 
last thought before I close the podcast? Yeah, actually, there, there's a there's a really beautiful prayer that I I have in my bedroom. It's on my wall, and I'm I'm always I'm always scared to pray it because it's it's called a litany of humility. Okay, litany of humility, and it's 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 just so challenging. But it's so true that others may be better than I am, that others may be holier than I am, that I may be passed up, that I may be humiliated, like from the fear of being humbled, from the from the fear of being like forgotten. All these really really things. They deliver me, Lord, deliver me, Lord. So I would just challenge everyone to, to, to really a song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great song. So just pr- to pray with the litany of humility and just pray with the crucified Christ and allow yourself to be, to recognize your own struggles and advice and to try to combat them with the respective virtues. Amen. Amen. Father, I can't thank you enough, man. Thanks I, for having me. You it's know, been great to preach You know, I love you, man. You're a good Amen. friend of mine. Amen. I thank you for coming on the uh, on the podcast and giving us, you know, your knowledge and your love for it, it shows and it's the way you talk about mm-hmm. it. And I, I pray that all of our listeners listening today did get something out of this, did learn about the seven deadly sins, how to overcome them, how how they relate to us today. And I, I do believe that all other sins stem from one or more of these seven deadly sins. And by praying for these seven heavenly virtues, that we keep these sins from from creeping into our lives. Uh, so start, start praying for the virtues daily to help defeat Satan and these other vices. And like I always say, at the end of every podcast, remember to go forth with confidence because you have the right to be Catholic. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.